Uh, all right, guys, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. It is uh, going to be a wonderful morning. We're gonna uh, we're gonna speak about business today. We we get to do business health every once in a while under the How Do You Health um, podcast name, just because it is. I mean, it's important to have business health. We just slightly talked about it here in a second, but I'm here with Brian uh, Guadagno, right? Guadagno, yeah, Guadagno, uh, and he is the CEO and founder of It's Skinny Pasta. Yeah. And you probably have seen it at this point. I know I've seen it in, in many shelves yeah. in the stores that I usually shop at, which is like uh, Sprouts and Whole Foods and even like Tom's Market, I think. So I don't we, know. We're not in Tom's. We actually just got an HEB, so you'll see it there. We're HEB, yeah, shop yeah, there. <laughs> mostly on the East Coast right now. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's all over Amazon. It's all over, all over uh, you know, our e-com store is doing pretty well too, so... Yeah, so we're gonna talk about all that. We got Nurse Doza here. We got a we got an IV in Brian's arm, and we'll talk about what's going on there. And I'm Tex Mexiogi, and uh, I guess we'll get the party started. But uh, but yeah, it's skinny. So the pasta, tell us what's different about this pasta. Well, it's it's ketogenic, zero net carbs. It's free from pretty much everything. It's 96 percent water. Nice. It's made from a root vegetable, a tuber. You know, the issue that we see in the pasta market is um, all the gluten free options. The better for you options are high in calories and carbohydrates and and they're quite excessive, right? And most of them are legume-based, which are naturally inflammatory. And uh, and they just don't fit the the diet of a low-glycemic consumer. So, and that's that's not, it's not like those are, you know, it's not like there are not a lot of low-glycemic consumers. I mean, there's 50 million of them in the United States alone. It's one in seven people in the United States, you know, consumes low-glycemic diet, whether you're keto, paleo, whether you're Crohn's, diabetes, or just... Or tries to. Right? Proactive about yeah. macro... Yeah, or yeah. just proactive about nat natural, natural uh, or uh, macronutrient consumption, right? Um, and so what we're also finding, like for me, you know, I talked to you guys a little bit about, uh, you know, before this, I, I went, I went paleo in 2014, I got pretty sick. And, uh, and so I did that for about a year. Now I'm, I'm, I'm better. I, you know, I still, I still do consume regular pasta. still love it. I come from an Italian family, <laughs> but every, every now and again, like you, you, you don't want to feel heavy and bloated after you eat pasta. Um, and this pasta is, I mean, it's, it's actually easier to cook. Then regular pasta is ready in two minutes. It's nine calories ready in two minutes. Localized. Wait, so it's like, a pre-cooked technically or no? It's pre-cooked. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All you have to do is tear open the bag, strain it, rinse it, throw it in a pan with some sauce, and you're good to go. <laughs> you mentioned something that I definitely wanted that I didn't think I wanted to point out, but I but I do want to point out it now. And it's the idea that people, whenever they go to Italy, uh -huh. they're like and they were gluten free or whatever, and they're like, I went to Italy and I ate all of it. And I was fine. Nothing happened, right? Like yeah. it's it's different uh, wheat. It's different modified. Yeah, we we have we have some pretty modified wheat here in the United States, right? Yeah, yeah. So so did you have any trouble whenever you went to Italy and 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 eat it because of your? Believe it or not, you, you know, I, I've I've actually never been to Italy. Oh my god! So okay, we got to get you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we hear that all the time, right? They're just like, well, I'm gonna let myself go over there and eat it. And I think what brings up a good point, I mean, you probably grew up with pasta, like you said, anyway, right? So when you're eating it, it's made with love, right? And you're sitting around a family dinner table and you're enjoying the the conversations and the camaraderie and all that. And from my family standpoint, that, that's Mexican food as well. So like yeah. you have an overeating like that's going to occur because you're like just sitting there just talking all the time, food just being thrown in front of you and you feel bloated. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's the, that's the Siete food story too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, they started the almond flour tortillas and then got into the tortilla chips and all yeah. that good stuff because they needed a paleo option. Right. You know, um, and, and that's why we're, I mean, we're really, we're, we're really, um, we're shifting our category, you know, yeah. we're, 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 
I think we're creating something that, uh, that can, that can really change people's lives and make people's lives better. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that's what's important about, I guess, your consumer packaged goods, CPG, right? So we've always looked at CPG as having the answer for the health issues that we're facing today, right? We talked about heart disease, you know, right before this and uh, how it affects both us personally, right? In our families. And, you know, you've created a product here that people can still have their pasta, right? Still enjoy that. It does taste good. I'm not lying. It's really, really good. And, and then at the same time, it's a healthy vegetable root, mm-hmm. right? There's an option now that you can tell someone like, look, you want an option? Just go take this bag, mm-hmm. literally heat it up for a few minutes and boom. Yeah. And, and the health aspect is, is, I mean, it's not like it's infused with all this great stuff that you, you know, that you want to put in your body. It's, it's just, it's nothing, right? If you're going to have pasta, you'd rather have a pasta that doesn't give you all that empty calorie and, you know, and carbs, basically. It's easy yeah. to, di- easier to digest. It, it is, um, it is, it is just free from all of the, all of the fillers, junk, all yeah. of the fillers in the junk. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and that, just, that yeah. I think that's important to point out too. Because we have processed wheat, because we have processed corn and soy, anytime that goes into a, a packaged good, you also have three or four other ingredients that go along with it. And that's just one ingredient, right? And then if you add sugar, you might have sugar derivatives, right? And everyone loves sugar. The sugar's in everything, right? Well, when you have minimal ingredients, especially like with your product, and you look at nutritional labels on the back, if you can like almost recognize the words, mm-hmm. and then you're like, I know what that is then I'd probably say that's less processed, right? And so those are the choices that make a big difference. We talked about the uh, digestive issues. Mm-hmm. If you can't digest processed ingredients, that's what makes you bloated, right? That's essentially what it is. Yeah, yeah. You're like, your stomach just swells up and you're miserable. I hate that feeling, mm-hmm. right? What, what were you looking for uh, whenever you were uh, looking for what uh, ingredient to use for this? So I, so I already knew this ingredient was in the marketplace. There were other, there were other Conjac companies that were doing this and, what, what the issue that we were really solving is that other Konjac brands were just not approachable. They were, you know, Konjac typically as a, as a, as a noodle, um, has a, has a kind of foul odor and a foul texture. And, um, you know, it's typically branded as an Asian ethnic product. Um, and it, it was done, it was kind of manuf- manufactured irresponsibly. Um, you know, people putting way too much of the fiber in there, which was causing people issues. Right. And, um, and people don't really have a lot of insoluble fiber in their diets. And this is an insoluble fiber. So um, there's not a lot of consumer education out there. So, you know, the way that we're differentiating is really we're making it approachable by a mainstream consumer. You know, we got rid of the odor. We got, we made the texture better. We made the, the, the you know, we used a, a little bit of oat starch, which isn't strictly paleo. We have a, a one with tapioca starch that is, you know, suitable for paleo consumers, but, um, you know, which gives it a, a better color hue, more pasta-like appearance. Um and, and, you know, we gave it, we gave it fresh branding. We put it right in the mainstream pasta aisle. We're making it discoverable, right? The issue is sometimes the issue is just people don't know that it's available because the powers that be are not incentivized to let people know that it's available, right? Yeah. Um, you know, why is it, why does Barilla care if, if, if people are consuming their pasta or, or, or a low glycemic, you know, alternative, they, they don't, as long as they own the market share, they're going to pump what they have. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, what, what, what our job is, is to penetrate mainstream pasta, to let people know that there's an option available, to educate people on what actually this option is and why it's viable. Um, and, you know, what we're finding is we're, we're right now dominating our category in Konjac. So that's step one, you know, and our villain is, is, is Miracle Noodle, Miracle Noodle, <laughs> yeah. kind of this other, another, another Konjac brand that hasn't made it approachable, that, you know, is not really catering to their consumers, that's not listening to the feedback and iterating and, 
and and trying to bring the product closer to 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 the world really. Um, and our you know our next villain is is going to be Bonza, and then our villain after that will be Barilla, and we'll yeah. take it one one, one <laughs> step at a time. You know, so I mean, you got to have goals, right? Yeah. That, that's the whole yeah. point of uh, uh, one of the reasons I was excited to talk to you is because of the business aspect of it. Yeah. We've we've dealt with it since the beginning with like how do we keep it unique how do we keep it different education mm-hmm. has always been like a standard for us like we have to keep it educational mm-hmm. and sometimes whenever we approach a, a situation where we have to make a decision on how we're going to market this and it's like well that's just too wordy or like whatever the answer usually for me is well that gives us a chance to educate so let's go with that one and yeah. then and then the the money will flow anyways just because like but when people are educated then they make the right decisions because it, it's like you said like if they don't know that it even exists they're they're not ever going to choose it yeah right and so from the business standpoint like that's what you that's really what the issue is like you yeah. said like how do you yeah, navigate what's the those? problem you're solving right yeah and so you know and, and i think we're solving multiple different problems because we are making the product better as well but we're also we're, we're first making it approachable by consumers and then we're educating people about what it is and that's you know that's a real problem is lack of lack of, lack of education and awareness about something that actually is pretty great well because even as much as you already knew about cognac where did you find all that information well from from capital markets so like oh, sure. I, I think I was, telling you, yeah, I was uh i was in this space i was uh i was actually raising money for other consumer goods businesses and, and another uh, another comparable conjac brand um and uh and and really just saw an opportunity to do it better and that's that's how it skinny was born it's just the idea of, you know, I'm, you know, when you're in, when you're in that, in the capital market space, and I worked a lot in distress transactions too. So I would, I would so often see business owners that uh, I just felt like we're sitting on this gold mine and they just couldn't get out of their own way to do it the right way. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, maybe, maybe it was a bit of hubris too, but, uh, but I just, I, I always felt like I, I could do it better. I always just felt like I, I, you know, people were making decisions. I was like, ah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it that way. I would probably do it a little differently. Um, and then, and and I and I'd learned along the way, you know, I'd I'd listen to some people that are way smarter than me, and 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 sort of, you know, put together a, a thesis and a methodology that I felt like could work. And I got really smart on a particular vertical, which was consumer goods. Like, I, I really drilled into mar- margin profiles and what made what made things succeed on the shelf, and 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 how, what promotional strategies were working, and 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 just how to think about, uh, you know, national brand strategy, and and. A lot of this came from, like I said, people that that just know the space way better than me. But um, kind of incorporating my uh, my analytical nature and my capital markets background with um, some of the things I was learning, and 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 then this opportunity just kind of came along, and 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 I jumped on it. Yeah. So so you know the systems, you understand the trends, you get the information. Do you think also having a product that you really believe in also helped? like kind of spur you in this direction yeah yeah for sure because i i'd worked on i'd worked on other products that uh i mean they're good and i you know i ate them and i don't want to throw any products on the bus sure. but <laughs> but but yeah it, it's it's tough to it's tough to represent a product that you don't really believe in right yeah um even if it's even if it's delicious like from a health standpoint sure you know, once you once you start thinking about eating healthy or or you know i don't, I don't necessarily like the the term like the broad term eating healthy but once you once you think about proactive consumption that fits your needs, right? You can't ever stop. Like you, you can you can you can ignore it. You can be blissfully ignorant to it, but you never stop thinking about it. It's always there. You can't unflip that switch. And so, um, you know, I, after I had healed myself and gone paleo, I did become a little blissfully blissfully ignorant for another period of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, back on, on the other end of the spectrum again. So, so do you consider yourself to be in like a health and wellness realm? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. I think, I think, um, you know, me individually, uh, you know, I would consider you to be an expert in this space. <laughs> Thanks. I, I am not an expert. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a student in the space, uh, and I enjoy learning about it and, and I try as, as best I can to kind of incorporate sure. these into my, into my practices. Sure. Um, what I've, what I've kind of joked about is that, uh, they more often than not are hobbies than actual practices. Um, so I'm, but I'm always kind of on this, on this train of trying to get better. And, and really like in retrospect, like if I look back over the last, uh, I guess it would be since 2014, it would be eight years since I've, since I've been doing this, it, it has become a practice in a lot of different areas of my life. I just, you know, we have a short memory about, you know, where we are now, Sure. you know, but when you look back from where you are, you know, where you were and where you are, you know, I'm definitely much better, much better. Yeah. I think that's the important part to take away from this. Um, we all have a story, right? The name of the podcast, How Do You Health? I love hearing people's story about how they got into what they're doing now because one thing you realize is health is everything, right? Um, if you're healthy, you can have a business and operate it at full steam. If you're not feeling that well when you get up, maybe you're in the bathroom too much, right? Because it's not working. You don't think straight, right? And I think that's what you were realizing. You're like, this isn't working for me, you yeah. know? And yeah, you're going to slip up. And I think what people have to take home is that they don't, no one's perfect. I mean, honestly, there's plenty of times I see people go off their diet and what it is, is a quick check. Like, oh, I shouldn't do that. It's hard to make a routine, a new routine until like you realize like, this is just working. You know, like, I guess I'm just doing it. I'm eating like this from now on. Right. Um, people ask if I eat still eat Mexican food and probably you too, like, do you still eat Italian food? Well, of course I just eat a different kind of pasta now. You know, and if you went out of your way to create the best or create something that is the option now or an option, then there's all that time well spent going to saying, how is this affecting everyone's everyday life? Right. So like what what feedback have you gotten from people who, who buy your product? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, the people who, who legitimately have dietary restrictions, I mean, it's life changing. You know, people, have, especially people who were not aware of the product when they when they discover it. I mean, literally life changing, you know, people literally saying like this is this is completely making our lives better, which is exactly the kind of feedback we want to get. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the bodybuilding community too is, is one of our, like our, our core demographics. Think about anyone in a cut, anyone who's, who's really thinking about counting macros and, um, and what they're putting in their body, you know, really thinking about, you know, proteins, carbs, and fats in a, in a productive way for them, you know, there, there, there's not really another great way to do that with right. a pasta product. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it makes sense though, right? Because I've always loved talking to bodybuilders. And if you really want to know nutrition, they have a whole different look on it, right? Because they'll carb load before a meat and, and then they'll just shrink like crazy. But it does fluctuate in the body with other people that some people can't handle this. So imagine like if you were told when you were younger as an athlete, you need a lot of carbs in order to function. At age 40 now, it's like, no, we don't actually. You know, like a, a low carb, low glycemic index is paleo, which means by default, you're not eating a lot of carbs. Like your carbs are more in the form of like vegetables and fruits, yep. which, so you're still getting them. Yep. Right. But people think, well, I'm no carb. I'm like, that's not completely true. You're getting more of your, more of your energy from fats. Right. Right. That's the, yeah. and that's the key. So like, what is life now that you've gotten more paleo? You've stuck with this diet now for a while, right? Yeah. It's more or less like, uh, you know, it's, it's, I would say it's, it's, um, uh, you know, excuse keto paleo. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, and then with, 
you know, irregular indulgences. <laughs> you know what I'm but, um, but yeah, and I, I, I find that I'm like, I, I stopped drinking caffeine totally. Um, I used to be, I, I wouldn't consider myself to be an addict, but I was drinking a lot of caffeine, like 10 cups a day. That's a lot. Of That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> um, part of the reason I got sick. Right. Um, but, uh, but so, yeah, I, I do find that my energy levels are, are, are more consistent. I don't, I don't need caffeine. Because I drink my coffee. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, I find that I don't, I don't actually need caffeine. Right. Um, I find that, um, I'm, I'm more in tune with my body. So like, if I need to rest, I rest. I don't actually have issues falling asleep, which is pretty nice. So if I put my head down, I fall asleep. <laughs> Not, you used to have issues though. Um, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say issue, just. I, I, anxiety would, would get the better of me a lot. Gotcha. Um, and I think that anxiety might've been because I had regular, you know, spikes and, and, and drops, you know? Sure. Sure. So, um, you know, I think stress, stress manifests in the body in a lot of different forms. Um, I think lack of sleep, lack of, you know, good nutrition, uh, is a form of stress in and of itself sure. that manifests physically. Sure. Right. So you, you and I talked like, I, I actually, I, I, that's, that's the only form of stress I get now. Like I actually... Um, I don't, I don't feel a, a whole mess of, of, of stress outside of just when my, and I feel like my body's kind of in, in physical trauma. Right. And, and that often comes when I'm not sleeping well, or I'm not eating well, and my body kind of revolts against it. And so I'm, I'm much more in tune with stuff like that. So I get, I get the stimulus and then I respond. Um, and I think that's, that's partly attributed to I'm, I'm more aware since cutting out a lot of the, right. the bad stuff of when I, when I put it back in my body's like, yeah, yeah, maybe take that a little bit easy. So at this point in life, do you believe that like the term anxiety is here to stay? Uh, I, I, I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From, for me, you mean? Just in general for people. Um, I mean, if it's for you in particular, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think, I think anxiety is a real thing. I think it's uh it's an emotion like anything. It's not good or bad. It's just a, it's just a, a stimulus that we can, you know, use to, 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 you know, for our benefit, for our benefit. Yeah. yeah. Just like anything. Um, I, you know, it's not a bad thing. So it gets you, you up in the morning. <laughs> other practices that like, do you do any meditation or, anything? um, I, I, I have, I have failed miserably <laughs> at, um, at creating a routine practice in meditation, yeah. although I would like to, uh, where, where I found success is creating like micro habits. Yep that that helped me get a little bit better so like um uh so i i i will take a cold bath routinely um and and i find that that really kind of helps me center myself um uh there's there's a book called like feel the fear do it anyway yeah um so like i, I try to put myself in in positions where um you know the, the wim hof method like yeah. just kind of shocking your body uh, i think i think stuff like that is is pretty beneficial um, to, you know, focus on mind over matter, those kind of situations. Um, but no, I, I haven't, have you been successful at? No, yeah. I, I have a very meditation. deep meditation practice. Yeah. I was asking more from the sense that like, cause you just mentioned that like you've, you've kind of passed this barrier of anxiety, right? But like, sure. But business owners, most of the time they're like just highly anxious all the time. Cause they're always thinking about like, if I don't get these five things done, like we're not going to hit those sales goals. Like it's, it's, it's in their head about what the future, how bad yeah. it can be if, things don't get done right now. Right? Yeah. And so whenever you said that, that was my first question that, that came up. It's like, well, well, I wonder if you're also doing other things besides. So I, that, I mean, that manifests differently for me. That's, that's fear. I still feel a lot of fear. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just, I don't, 
and, and and it and it does it does you know it upsets me um i think it's just it's just about being more mindful of the way we're processing those emotions yep. i definitely feel that like you know every business owner does you have highs and lows and um and you know it's a lot of responsibility of pressure but um but you can just, use it to your benefit though still for sure right yeah i mean when 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 you're feeling an excess of it typically for me when I'm feeling that, it's because I'm avoiding something. Um, and so, like, what am I? What am I avoiding that I take in front? And uh, and um, yeah, so no, that, that's so true for sure. That, but the aware, I'm telling you, this awareness that you have right now. Did you have this back in like 2013, 2014? No, for sure. <laughs> There's definitely been a hump that you've crossed over. Tr tr like, trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and it's it's really to credit like my my wife it, like keeps me pretty woke. Um, <laughs> on that stuff and um and just you know pe people like you in my life who um who just who 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 point point shit out like that and i i go to therapy also like, like if <laughs> we I, all should <laughs> yeah, I, I think i think that was probably the healthiest decision i've ever made so like in terms of meditation like that's in a form of like you know in a way kind of meditation because i i literally go there and i mean he's great i he doesn't he doesn't say much but when he says something like it's he just asks thoughtful questions that i'm like oh they kind of like guys <laughs> and it's it's more just me like word vomiting for like a, yeah <laughs> dropping the occasional nugget but but you got to get that out yeah right yeah for sure that's yeah. why you're there that's why i'm there yeah yeah, yeah. uh self-improvement is a priority for you nowadays 100 percent. yeah is it right up there at the top self-improvement has always been a priority for me yeah i definitely struggled with a, a lack of worthiness when i was growing up so a lot of us do. Um, yeah, a yeah. lot of us do. And a lot of us don't talk about it. Right. Um, but uh, but so, you know, I think that's where that's where the desire for self-improvement comes from, right? Like, right. I'm not worthy, so I need to get better. Um, and, and, you know, before it was get better for other people. Now it's get better for myself. Right, know, right. For my family and to be the best version of myself so that I can show up every day and kick ass. I mean, that's it. Yeah. That's that's what it's all about. If you If you can have that preparation to where you do show up, that's half the battle when you do show up because a lot of people don't show up. Right. I mean, there's people who say, I, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not even going to bother. Yeah. That mentality right there. I've had that once. I've had it twice. It's not a good feeling. No. Right. It's not that you you yeah. can think about all the times in your life you've had that. That's the avoidance, right? That's the avoidance. Yeah, like I'm avoiding yeah. not showing up. I'm yeah. fearful. You're shrinking. You're not being who you're meant to be. And you're betraying yourself. You're betraying yourself when you when you don't show up. Wow. That's true. That is true. And that that's and that's that's where shame kicks in, right? Because you're not showing up the way that you know you can. You're not living up to your potential. You're not being who you want to be, right? And so you, I mean, the, it's like it's like fucking death. But but the avoidance of it is what keeps people locked up in that cycle of yeah. of being trapped, right? Because yeah. it's a loop of of, of a mindset, right? Like yeah. I have shame, I have guilt, I have fear, yeah. uh, I have avoidance, right? Well, you have to practice overcoming fear, yeah. So how well, even that non-avoidance itself is going to create a change, right? So sometimes it's that the fact that there's going to be change, that part is scary. What, like yeah. you're going to take a different route to avoid the situation now? No, I meant like if I confront this and if I say this or if I actually end up doing this, yeah, shit's going to be different. And like, yeah. and I think it's going to be better for me, but the fact is, it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and and that in itself is yeah. There's you could you could feel a lot of fear with that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a, there's a really good book called The Road Less Traveled. Um, I think the author's name is Scott Pelt or something like that. I don't, I, I don't remember. I think it might be, but the road less traveled, awesome book. And, and the dude, he's a psychotherapist and he just talks about, he talks about like countless situations, um, where, you know, 
people do not confront things and they, they avoid things because it's just easier to avoid. Yeah. It just is easier. But in actuality, it's not like problems don't just go away. Right. If you don't confront problems, they just manifest and they get bigger. Right. They just, they snowball and they, and, and until, until you get to a point where like the only solution you have is to avoid and turn a blind eye because it, the problem just gets so big. And then at that point, you know, you're just, you're trapped and, and you, you kind of, you push yourself into a, a way of being that is not in line with who you are. And, um, that's, that's really sad. You know, that's a sad thing. It is. Uh, that's when people, and we've met a lot of people, especially the last couple of years who are in transition. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've been in transition your whole life, so it's like no big deal, but a lot of people can't handle that transition, right? Because they have new thoughts, they have new fears, but they also have the old ones. They have all that trauma they've suppressed, right? And these thought patterns that have just underlined. So imagine you have a functioning CEO that comes out of nowhere to have an $80 million company, but basically has imposter syndrome still from when he was a little kid and says, hey, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know how to handle it. And you said something really interesting that I think people should take away from this as well with about fear. Mm -hmm. You just face it. Yeah. You just have to. Like, and what you said too, Baldo, you were like, well, just knowing that I have to do it, blah, blah, blah telling yourself. Well, some people won't know that. They just like, imagine like, I don't know what to do at this point. I'm just going to hand it over that you're telling me to do the exact opposite of what I think I should do. And I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. I mean, you basically told me that at one point and reasoning at this point in your life with this is not, you shouldn't even listen to yourself almost because you're like, you got yourself into this mess. You're telling yourself to stay in this mess. I need to not listen to myself and get out of this mess. Yeah. I, I well, I consider myself fortunate in that like my body literally does tell me, right. And, and I actually feel physical I feel physical pain, like excruciating physical pain in my core of my back. Like it's, and it manifests as that stress because I'm, I'm fucking avoiding something. Like what am I? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And, 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 you know, that's your signal going off. Well, yeah, like my, from... my, my, uh, back starts to hurt if I, if I'm sleeping in too much, uh -huh. it's like after like seven and a half, eight hours and I'm still trying to just like, I kind of want to just sleep and my back just starts to hurt. So like, damn it, I got to do something. But that's crazy because yeah. that happened. <laughs> for, and usually it's like, I know what exactly what I'm going to do right now. And, it, yeah. and already, there's already a project or two that I've been wanting to work on that, you know, this is like, I'm trying to be normal and sleep in. Mm -hmm. But you, but, but what's normal, right? <laughs> well, you brought a good point though. If you lay down for, you know, too much longer for like a week straight, right? And you have back pain, what do you do? You normally take a pain pill, right? And then it goes away and you keep going back to the same routine. Yeah. With the body, I find this really interesting going back to the heart. So we treat heart symptoms, like heart dysfunctional symptoms as the main issue, right? Like let's say high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, go back to when I was talking about my dad, right? When he had his first heart attack, he was put on blood pressure pills. He was put on cholesterol pills after that. He still had a heart attack. He had several more after that. Then they put stents in his heart and he still had more heart attacks. So I was like, well, treating his blood pressure wasn't the answer. Mm -hmm. Treating his cholesterol, quote unquote, wasn't the answer either, right? Like his heart's not working as well as it should, mm -hmm. right? And all those signs should have told us that something's off. You need to change everything of what's going on right now, right? But instead, we say we're going to lower the blood pressure to a range that's suited for these standards and not look at the idea that fast food and lifestyle is playing a huge role in this, right? Mm -hmm. Heart disease is still the number one killer because of this reasoning, right? And if you talk convenience, like I said, CPG is where it's at. You literally have a product within two to three minutes can be an answer for someone that says, I don't have time to make a hearty meal. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you do. You do. And 
Man, it's it's just it's so pervasive in our entire in our entire culture, right? In terms of consumption. Look at obesity in the country and and what's really changed is the food. The food has changed. Yeah. Like, and um, you know, it 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 is it's it's crazy to think that there is not like a viable fast food, like healthy fast food place, right? Like why not? Yeah. Because the unit economics don't really make sense. But maybe they will soon. Maybe <laughs> maybe someone could crack maybe someone could crack that nut. But um but you know, one of one of the things that I also like, I don't know if you guys are in the crypto space, but like the Web three kind of mm -hmm. kind of vertical, and one of the things that that I really have an, an aspiration to to accomplish is, um, you know, really bring a lot more transparency to the supply chain. So I have a really unique background because before I was in consumer goods, I was also a maritime banker, so I, I have a purview into like the global freight market yep. and how that all works, and um, and and you know. I, I think there's a way to bring supply chains onto on chain, like bring a lot of, and, and people are working on this, but I don't know that anyone's really done it yet for consumer goods. Yeah. So you can you can bring supply chains on chain. Like I think I think today, if if I really if I had the time and the energy and the money, I could I could bring my, probably my co-packer online, I could probably bring my freight forwarder online. I maybe could bring a liner or two online, like the actual ships, shipping companies that transport goods. I maybe could bring one or two of them online. I think that I could um, bring my 3PL online. Like I could bring most of my supply chain on chain in a transparent way, um, which which at, at the face value, what does that actually do, right? Yeah. Not much. But if you could create a, a culture of, you know, transparent procurement of raw materials, um, then, then you could, in essence, put more power into consumers' hands about what they want. And so, like, when you look at raw material, uh, you know, procurement in in the United States, like, most people don't know that they're, they're consuming. Well, because everyone's consuming modified wheat. Yeah. Nobody really realized that. Like, if you consume wheat in the United States, you're consuming modified wheat. You know, we talk about non. You know, what is it like? Ninety nine percent of it. It's yeah. Well, I don't know the percent, but yeah, it's it's like high. It's very it's high. high. It's like. Statistically, like, like it's almost an absolute certainty if you're consuming wheat, you're consuming modified wheat. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's that's kind of messed up. <laughs> kinda... <laughs> well, you you look at the idea of what you said. You bring yeah. the raw goods available to the consumer. The consumer is the one who's actually going to drive the change in any type of market, right? Because consumer demand. Well, they Are, they, they should should be, be able they to. should be, but right now they're not. Know, well, you have large, big CPG, right? Yeah. Do you, do you, Monsanto, Unilever, Brill in our category, yeah, right. they control the shelf, man. And if you control the shelf, you control what people see. If you control what people see, you control what people eat. Same with McDonald's and fast food, right? Do you know so, uh, companies that, that have their whole supply chain online like that? I don't think anybody does. Yeah. I think people are trying to do it. People are more are more so trying to do it in like fresh produce and stuff. Um, well, because from the, cons well, me as a consumer understanding some of this, the only thing that I can see that's very prevalent is that there's always new words coming out, right? Like natural flavors. And, uh, and there's always new words coming out to identify yeah. something new that they haven't said you have to label it. Yeah. And people, people hide behind, um, they hide behind, you know, trade secrets with that, right? You put natural flavors. You don't have to disclose what's in your secret formula or, um, or, uh, I think, I think in the, um, in the, uh, in the fragrance world, you just put fragrance, right? Mm -hmm. You could put, I mean, anything could be in that. Like real dangerous stuff yes. can be in those fragrances, right? If you don't trust who's actually supplying you. Right. I, I sugar agree. Sugar can be in 
Well, <laughs> well what, what's really interesting about it was, I, most people don't remember this, but I think it was like the 90s when they actually put nutritional labels on there and told you a lot more what was going into the food products. They don't do that for uh, household products. They don't do that for like shampoos. They don't do that for soaps. They don't do that for clothes. They don't do that for alcohol. And and the reality is they probably they probably won't. They won't because they, no one's asking. Well, because you're you're disrupting you're disrupting uh, you know some 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 pretty you're you're disrupting people's bottom line when you do that. Correct. You're disrupting trade secrets. You're disrupting large large companies who have vested interest in that not being. A reality. Yeah, I can see all the freights going through and the transportation going yeah. through it right now. We're saying, yes, we're getting this across the world right now. There's a lot of things depending on this material to get through. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's, it, but it's interesting when you look at right, all you, the- You're right. You can't, can't bring like, how do you, how do you, how do you track fragrance, right? Where did, where did the fragrance come well, from? Well, that's like, the- It's like, where, where's the nugget in the chicken? <laughs> you know? Yeah. How do you track this nugget? <laughs> well, I've seen pink slime yeah. and I've seen that they scrape the remains of whatever's left over from the animal and then make chicken nuggets and hot dogs out of it. So, I mean, you can imagine if that's going to be legal to begin with to serve it in school districts, then then a lot of companies really aren't going to care what you really think about the products that you're consuming. So then I say, well, here's the power that you have. You have the power to not consume those products. Mm -hmm. That's essentially it. And so I've always watched- and I used to your dollar. I used to watch Shark Tank and I used to watch, you know, Mr. Wonderful and all that say like, you're in a market, you're less than 1%. You're going on shelf here with all these big players. You're too little. And I say, no, you're not. Because all it starts with a couple people all of a sudden saying, this is now the thing. And all of a sudden it goes viral. It becomes a trend. A couple of moms take wind of it. And all of a sudden, boom, it explodes. Yeah. Right. Have you talked to Nick Maris here in town? Uh-uh. He started Kettle on Fire. You know, that's how he yeah, started yeah, Kettle on yeah. Fire. Yeah, yeah. He set up a, uh, he's got a blog on this. Uh, which you know it's, it's an interesting read, but yeah. he just he just started. He actually set up a web page and started pre-selling bone broth just to see if people would buy it. Posting you know in forums and seeing if there was actually legitimate demand because nobody was actually selling bone broth at the time, right? And uh, and you know he pre-sold and he wrote to everyone. He's like, hey, sorry, I actually don't have the product yet. Do you want to wait for me to produce it, or <laughs> or do you want your money back? And, and and like most people were like, yeah, we'll wait for you to produce it. And all of a sudden he's like, okay, there's something here. <laughs> you know, there's demand here for people, you know, wanting, wanting bone broth and consuming this way. Yeah. And, um, I, I agree, I agree with you. Like th there is so much demand for, for healthy eating, so much demand. Right. And there's, so, and we're still so early in it. Like just, yeah, it's yeah. Beginning so stages. Opportunity. Beginning stages in consumer goods for sure. Yeah. Um, well, part of the, you know, like some of the McDonald's and the Burger Kings and all that, that are doing the, the vegan patties or whatever. Yeah. Just the idea that they're wanting to make a change like that, yeah. it talks no, talks volumes, right? Because yeah. that means that, well, first of all, like, if you really cared, you got you, you would see what's in there, and you probably you still probably wouldn't, still wouldn't need it. Yeah. You probably still wouldn't choose it. But at least they're, at least we can see that the consumers are enforcing change in some mm -hmm. of these big corporations. So it's definitely possible. Yeah, yeah, and I. I, I think it's possible. Obviously, there's consumer demand enough for people to for that for for companies to, you know, try to make a shift there. Um, it, it's, you know, I think it's a it's a half step. Yeah, <laughs> it's a half step. It really is. It's a baby step. It is. You know, and and the reason people a lot of people like you know you know that that kind of play because it's a sustainability play too, right? If you think about if you think about like the global the global meat market and produce market, th those have a, a sustainability factor to them that that people don't like. So it's not just about the consumption. It's also about like global sustainability. Um, so I think there are different, there are different 
elements at play with those, but you have a very level headed way of looking at that because it's, it's, it's right well, it's demand, right? You look demand. at it and say, look, yeah. you're over consuming. Mm -hmm. You have no choice but to make an alternative, right? You can't, if you think about mm -hmm. this, your eyes were probably like wide open at the beginning of the pandemic when you looked at the shelves and said, all the pasta has gone. Mm -hmm. You yeah, said, here's we, an opportunity for us to go win some shelf space. And we did, we, we actually did win a good amount of shelves because space of that, that. Yep. right? And that's, it's, it's fascinating because when you have that now, when you walk into HEB and you say, you have a mom that, and I'm assuming they've never seen something like this before, but if they just say, hey, it's the only thing available right now, let's you, try it. You might take it. Yeah, you, you might take it, it, right? Yeah. The, the, um, that, that's maybe not our, our consumer. Yeah. You, you do, you do want to incentivize trial, but you, we don't want, we don't want people to not know what it is when they're trying it. Yeah. You, so but, you have a targeted market then? Yeah, for sure. I mean. I mean, really, we we are targeting uh, a mainstream population, but we we want to educate, and so part of our initiative for 2022 is to like so we're relaunching our brand store. It's gonna it's gonna be live at the end of March, at the end of this month. Very excited about it, and we've we put a lot of thought and effort into like thought leadership content on on, on healthy eating, on konjac, on on keto, paleo, dietary consumption, and macronutrient consumption, and and then also just cooking with konjac. Like, what is it? What is it about? What is it not? Right. Um, and and so like. Most people don't realize that you don't have to boil it and that it's ready to eat. I think I mentioned that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you pick it up off the shelf and you're like, okay, well, this, what the hell is this? And, and you think it's a regular pasta and you try it and it's not a regular pasta. What happens? You're disappointed. And, and because like it's, it, it looks like pasta, it's branded like pasta. Like it, I guess it's pasta, right? But it's not, right? It's different. It's an alternative. So. Um, you know, we, we don't want consumers to come in with an expectation of it being real pasta. We want them to come in with an expectation of it being a pasta alternative, a damn good one, but a pasta alternative. So that experience, this experience is a pleasant one. I got you. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. does that, is this the start of something of like additional things being added on to the company possibly, or? Uh, well, it's, it's, I think this is the start of some some real material growth yeah. i think i think we've spent the last two years setting a, a a great foundation and um and 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 i think in 2022 we're gonna see some some strong growth and we're we're already seeing i mean we've we've been shot out of a cannon since, yeah. since january and and um and i don't i don't really see it slowing we we've kind of hit a stride that is that is pretty um you know promising and uh yeah. So now it's, it's, it is about really controlling the brand stories that we're telling across all of our social touch points. You know, we, we want people to understand what we're about, you know, and there, there are a lot of different brand stories we can tell, right? It, it's, it's about convenience. It's about healthy eating. It's also about, you know, um, you know, you can, it's about indulgence too. I mean, if you're not eating empty carbs and calories, you can put on that extra Alfredo sauce, right? <laughs> you can have that extra glass of wine. You can have a hearty bolognese, you know? Um, so it's about what you can do with it. That's cool. It's about simplicity. <laughs> it's having you, fun with it. Yeah. So are you are you saying that at your store? Do you have a local store? Is that what it is? No, no. We um. So our our brand. Uh, we have like our e commerce our e commerce website. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like there's there's so much. I think I mentioned like only twenty percent of consumers know this category. So so odds are if someone's if someone's picking it up, they don't they don't know what it is if they're just, if they're just walking the grocery store shop, uh, aisle. And, um, and so what we're, what we're trying to do is invest in, uh, you know, trial, but we want to control the experience in the trial. And, and that's a digital experience because, you know, when people yeah. find out about conject, the first thing they do is Google it. 
And if you Google it, there's just a mess of conflicting stories and, and bad information. And, and, you know, people used to use Konjac because it's got a fiber in it called glucomonin. Yeah. Which, which if it's not fully absorbed, it expands in your stomach. And that could create some real issues for people. Right. Because it's a dietary product. So people were really responsible about creating this gel and selling it in dietary form. And I mean, you can still buy it that way, but it's, you know, you know, people will do with that what they will if they choose to do that, sure. whatever. But, you know, in the production of the noodle, we use so much less, uh, with so much less konjac and we fully absorb the fiber. So there's no risk of it expanding. So like there were issues with, you know, with people in the past that just ate a ton of it and expanded their stomach. They had real blockages. Like it was, it was bad. So you see stories like that and people get scared about stories like that. So they need to understand, okay, what is this? How do you prevent this? What is this company doing differently? Um, and, and, and why is this now viable? And um, so we need to control the narrative. We need to make sure that people are seeing good information that's relevant to the product they're actually consuming. And they get this by going into the e-commerce store and going to your website, right? But but also through us, us can, us Controlling owning the narrative. Yeah, we need to own SEO and PPC, basically. Gotcha. Organic content and and through you know PPC strategy. So if they're searching our keywords, they need to be coming to our webpage. They need to be coming through our curated experience. That's awesome. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That's great. Well, that launches what, this month? It'll launch in, at the end of March, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so we're pumped up about it. That's awesome. It'll Congratulations. Be yeah, it'll be good. That's awesome. So yeah. you said you're mainly East Coast, though? Yeah, so we we have distribution in, in ShopRite, BJ's Wholesale, Price Chopper, uh, Market Basket is a good store, um, uh, Acme, Hannaford. Uh, these are these are all ma mainly kind of East Coast. We have a little bit of presence in the Midwest, and we just got we just got HEB in Central Markets, which we're pumped up about. That's a big deal. Um, uh, so we we did present Whole Foods. Hopefully, we'll have Whole Foods pretty soon, um, and, and Sprouts also pretty soon. Um, uh, so I think I think when you you were probably you were probably seeing it on the webpage, and I know you've tr I know you've tried the product, so you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. part of it is also I was just mentioning like these are the places that I shop. It's probably there. Oh yeah, I've seen it. But HEB is a, oh, yeah, is definitely a place oh, yeah, that, definitely. that I shop. And then yeah, yeah. there's a couple of bags in my bag in my in my yeah yeah. We're, well, first of all, because I wanted to try we're, it. For, we're, we're around, and we're we're also in Brookshire here in town, and and so yeah, we're we're around. Um, and and so now the effort is to make sure that you know we continue to get distribution, continue to get mainstream, continue to be able to support retail because retail is very capital intensive. Right. Um, so that's why we're, that's why we're raising money now. You know, we have to go be able to support that retail business. Gotcha. Interesting. So you're taking on two dynamics. You're building online at the same time. You're going to be all over the country soon. That's the idea. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. That's quick too, to have that. I mean, how long has the company been around? Two years. Wow. Yeah. Well, we, we have, so Barb Axelson, who's one of my partners, is is a G. Like yeah. she's been in the business yeah. for longer than she'd care to say. <laughs> and um and she she's just got great relationships. I mean, uh she she helped us just go get direct direct distribution and retail like day one. And and we we took a we were a very backwards approach than most consumer goods companies. We just took advantage of the opportunity we had. So most consumer goods companies will will either try to go online, like Amazon and e com, and then through natural channels, like if they're a health food brand like they want to go into Whole Foods they want to go in Sprouts natural grocery stuff like that and and we just went conventional right off the bat because that's where we had relationships and conventional is much bigger business or it can be All right um not necessarily your target consumer sure but it can be much bigger business much higher turn uh, if you build a brand doing it so uh, but we were successful in doing that we've been able to actually keep our turns up to be able to stay on the shelf and actually get brand support um so now we're 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 seeing our our digital presence uh really take off and um 
and and the digital presence kind of leverages the national brand strategy. Right. And uh, and and you know you typically want to grow retail strategically. You know you want to have enough presence so that advertising uh, efforts actually are worthwhile. Like you got to imagine if you if you do like an like if we were to do an advertising campaign in in like Denver, Colorado, for instance, and 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 everyone was like, oh, this is great. I want to try it. And then went to the grocery store and it wasn't there. Yeah. Like it's a waste of money. Yep. So you want to make sure you have enough critical mass in a particular geography from a retail perspective before you invest in national or in, in even regional advertising uh, and, and brand building. Step one is to, is to, you know, prove the model, get enough, you know, critical mass and distribution, and then you can focus on that brand building. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of times, and we've even made this mistake when we were younger in the business of expanding too quickly. Yeah. You, yeah. Sa- you oversaturate yourself. Well, you, you scale yourself into, into not having a viable business. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've always learned controlled growth is a key to longevity. Yes. Yes. You, I mean, you can grow quickly. You know how to grow quickly because you've seen it, you've done it before you have a recipe, but yeah. then the attention to detail is creating a community that will support you. Yes. And that takes the biggest planning out of all because it's such a precious model. Mm-hmm. Like you, you corporations try to create a community yeah. and then create a product and it it's ambitious yeah but you can see through that right to have the product be likable you have to have a community that understands it right mm-hmm. but you also did the conventional which now you're saying we want some of that 80 percent that doesn't get us right we well it was it, we just took the opportunity that was available <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it was, that wasn't that wasn't, that wasn't it <laughs> yeah but but now you know you you have what you have and now and now it's okay where do we go from here yeah. how do we how do we make the most of what we have um because we we can build a community off of this it's actually a very polarizing product right yeah so some people it could be very triggering talk about nine calories people people think oh well this is this is and we you know we also had a tagline no guilt no hassle that's the skinny and people talk about why you bring guilt into food <laughs> and yeah. and you know so it, you know it's it, there, there is a contingent that that feels like we're preying on emotional insecurities. Um, now, uh, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Um, but you know, we acknowledge that it is a polarizing product to some. Of course. But, but on the opposite end, you you probably have like whole families that say like, "Man, we are all healthier as a family because this is such a tradition." Hell yeah, like, dude. Yeah, that's that right there. That's what I'm saying. That's what we we <laughs> we do it for the people who get it. Yeah, everyone's gonna get it. But it is polarizing, which means there's there's a conversation about it, yeah. which is a good thing. We want people to be talking about it. People need to be talking about it. No press is bad press or what? Well, it's just, <laughs> it's just yeah. I mean, well, the, the issue is that, you know, 80% of people don't know about it. So yeah. the more people who are talking about it, the better. Yeah. Right. You're interested in starting that conversation, hence the SEO and all that. I, I yeah. get it. It's We've looked at educational piece because it's like this. You're like, I take vitamins. Well, why would you do this? Here's why. So let's go into the vitamin IV real quick. So I asked you before, you know, what you take and I, you list off a bunch of stuff. And I said, okay, well, here's the difference. You have an amino acid blend in here that actually targets more of a DNA approach, like genetics. We're targeting heart. That's what we're looking at here. So for example, there's arginine that's in your bag. Heart disease is arginine deficiency. Interesting. Arginine is amino acid that bodybuilders take to get the good pumps, right? Those veins. 
Well, we put this as the basis of it because it helps with the artery lining. Do I have good veins right now? You have great veins, man. <laughs> so, so we put that as your basis. We put some lysine. Lysine is great for collagen, antiviral. Uh, we also put, uh, there's lysine, we put glycine. So glycine, we also put NAC. It's the biggest liver detoxer you can find between cysteine, glycine, and then glutamine. Mm -hmm. Glutamine for your gut. You're now making your own glutathione, which is a huge antioxidant. So, so you you gave me a solution to make my own glutathione Bingo. instead of just giving me glutathione. Bingo, because I knew that's how you operate. Sweet. And then on top of it, just to put ice on the cake, we put alpha-lipoic acid in there. Now, alpha-lipoic acid will also contribute to the production of glutathione. So you have a recipe now that hopefully makes it on your own. With all that being said, I believe there's also some little bit of NAD in there that we talked about as well. And uh, and really, this is more of like an immune booster slash like muscle recovery. You know, just kind of flush out some of the lactic acid. You, you literally could put anything in there. <laughs> yeah. I was totally trusting. I know. Yeah. That's why I wanted to tell you what was could've, in there. Could have put steroids in there and be like lifting weights after this. <laughs> yeah. I understand the amount of trust that comes with this. Yeah. So so I also like to inform. Right. Yeah. So, but y you should feel pretty good later today. I feel great right now. Awesome. And then, of course, you got your drink there, so yeah. that's awesome. But, yeah. I, I feel vitalized. There it is. I feel fresh. That's the yeah. idea. Yep. That's yep. the idea. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about that party that night? It was fun. It was fun, right? I was serving pasta. I wasn't I wasn't having fun. I know. I was, I was, well, I was having fun. I was having fun serving pasta. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. I was partying like everyone. Well, but, uh, did you, uh, do you normally do pop-ups like that? Uh, no, actually. The only reason I did that, like I said, I was I was at Equinox doing a pop-up, and and um and was invited and, and i was like yeah that, that sounds fun <laughs> yeah so the listeners at home we went it was a halloween party or it was a halloween, halloween party. party yeah and they had a dj outside and they had all this like plant-based really healthy food all inside it was it was it was the the coolest party i've ever been to i think like in in the best way because it was just it was literally like a college house party for adults that were just digging on healthy food yeah <laughs> That's what it was, right? Like, yeah. it had the beef jerky that was like vegan based, yeah, and then yeah. they had like a bunch of juices, and yeah, it, I mean, it was it was cool, yeah, like a little parfait thing too, yeah, yeah, it was, but it was all it, all with a health component. So, and I've I've never seen anything like, it. but it was a house party, it was, but that was the weird thing, it, it was, was, it wasn't, it wasn't like an event, it was like lights were off, like strobe lights, like. It was a party. It was a, it was it a was par a party. It was a, it was a college house party. It was, but with yeah. like forty year old adults. Who were digging on healthy food. Digging on healthy yeah. food, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was fascinating, honestly. That's basically what our festival was like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I was telling you about. I think that's how we met. I was like, dude, because I think we were talking about this festival that we had. I was like, dude, you should totally come to one of these things. You, yeah. you were digging and all that. So yeah. we got you for this year. But 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 I want to I do more of those pop-ups because it, it just crushes it, man. Like, we talk about creating conversation and, and having people, you know, try the product and like it. I mean, you tried it there. I mean, we're we're probably about a thousand. If, if, we, <laughs> if we if we cook it for you, you're not gonna know that it's not real pasta. Like it's that it's that oh, yeah. close. It's that good. Um, you know, it's you know if you don't, if it still tastes pretty good. If you don't, you know, you could just put it in the microwave or whatever. It still tastes all right. But you know, you you cook it with a good sauce. Oh, oh yeah, gosh, there was like three choices there, right? We did a we did a um, so so we did a, a Thai drunken noodle. With a spice, oh, it had like a nice little kick to it. Yep, it was so good. And then we did a vegan and a and a and a um, like a spaghetti and a, and a meat based. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I, 
we're foodies here. Obviously, a place like Austin, like it's like, oh, of course we're going to show up to a party and have like a, something like this set up in as well. But yeah. but it's 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 trendy enough to where I think people are are, uh, are catching on to the idea that there are other options out there. I mean, just think about ten years ago, gluten free was still becoming something. Yeah. Right. And the hippies are like, yeah, you just don't eat bread. Mm -hmm. Like, no, it's different, right? Because people have their avocado toast, they have their sourdough bread now, yeah. right? But people want the convenience. And I love the idea that we're looking at food as fun, right? Like we made vitamins fun. You made a drink out of it. You yeah. get an IV on a podcast. You can go to a party and say, I can get healthy at the same time. And, and at the same time, the networking, the conversation, I know you were there because you wanted to talk about your product because you were so passionate about it. I mean, you could obviously tell. Mm -hmm. That's how we are. We used to do the same pop-ups like you. Uh, at like yoga studios, gyms, uh, South by ACL. We bring a bar though, and we because we have we have a uh, like an L shaped bar mm. for our supplements. Yeah, it's awesome. People and come in and get drinks, and then they start talking health stuff. It's yeah. like, hey, can I ask you about like what, so and so and like whatever? And I have this gut issue. People come and talk like, dude, I only pooped once a week, you know. And yeah, the conversations that spark at this bar is are completely different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's fun, right? And 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 yeah. for us, it's always like I just want to build community and make it comfortable to speak about whatever the hell you want to talk about, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the whole point. Yeah, it's a fun thing about CPG too. Like yeah. I, got, I have a friend who has a has a a wipe company, and he talks about you know creating creating uncomfortable like making comfortable conversation out of uncomfortable topics, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and he, he, he's got a great brand. It's, I'll give him a plug. It's called Good Wipes. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and he, he's got a, a really fun brand. And he talks about like, you know, you're leaving something down there. If you use regular toilet paper, yeah. you know, <laughs> use Good Wipes. Uh, That's so. cool. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't think anything is off topic after a while. Yeah. I think you shouldn't be offended, especially when it comes to, like how you take care of yourself mm. because you know it's interesting we we showed you the lounge earlier so when people get ivs and they're sitting across from each other they'll start with like so what do you get in your bag oh i get this because of this oh really why what does that do for you oh it does this for me and yeah. then it just starts this whole thing so the, the the only other time i've gotten an iv was when i i told you i i, I did this was when I was massively hungry. <laughs> I, was not, I was not in the mood to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. But had I not had that, I think I might have died that day. Well, yeah. unbeknownst to most people, we're actually not truly a hangover clinic. Like we get them every once in a while, right? Yeah. But most people come in here because they're like, oh, for sure, yeah, it's yeah. like preventative. Well, so. that's that's what I that's what I realized when I was there is like I, I thought that was just a hangover thing, and then when I went in, th there were people just shuffling in and out, and they were you know they were on a yeah. regiment. They yeah. were going a couple times a week, and they were getting, you know, supplemented through the IV. Yeah. yeah. Like Baller and I both get yeah. weekly IVs. Like I get mine on Friday. You get yours usually Wednesday, Thursday, right? I'm going to get mine today just because I'm traveling tomorrow, but yeah. Yeah. We went to Big Ben last weekend so, uh, camping. What was that? Oh, it was magical. If yeah. anyone hasn't been to Big Ben, it's, it's yeah, magical. I, uh, still can't, I still can't believe we haven't done IVs at the desert. Well, we did, <laughs> we did it before. I want to take an IV out to the desert. I mean, I do. <laughs> well, of course you do. But no, we did it before. That way we weren't, you know, going to get sick and Obviously, we hiked a mountain and we were out, you know, in cold weather in the night. So we took tons of vitamins, like during that. And our friends that were with us, we'd give them vitamins. You know, we just give them, like, give me your hand yeah. and just take this, take this. It's for this. Take. All right, cool. And I bet you they were fine this week. Oh yeah, I've heard nothing but great things from them. Yeah, we're going climbing on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, uh, where are we at? Yeah, no, I think we're good to go. Good. And um, what's uh places to find you where what can they look forward to yeah look look forward to this new website being launched that's for sure uh look forward to heb and, and central markets uh get the product here in texas and if you're on the east coast 
Food Lion, uh, you know, ShopRite, BJ's Wholesale, uh, pretty much anywhere you could think of on the East Coast, we're, we're probably going to be in. And, um, you know, just no guilt, no hassle. That's a skinny. Yes. Hell Catholic, yeah. Enjoy, enjoy endless possibility. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thanks for all the time. Tune in.